Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast that can best be summed up in the words of the illustrious Gabby Wendy, big fat dumpster fire, big fucking mess. That's right. We are back to discuss the live finale. Well, like the the live finale part one. one. Yeah. Part one is what we mean. The pre-finale, the prelude to the finale, the forward to the finale. We'll be back next week for a second live finale or... A final finale, a finale finale. I. It's just good to clarify. <laughs> this is uh, the finale part one. Exactly. Today, it is just the two of us because, frankly, we have so much to say and so much personal emotional trauma surrounding this really <laughs> insane and depressing penultimate episode that there simply isn't room for anyone else to speak. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. We are demanding the floor for this. So <laughs> we open in the studio for a two-hour season finale, part one, which Jesse says will be so controversial. It will literally stun America. I and don't like, want controversy. I'm like, but please literally <laughs> stun me. I don't want to be conscious for this anymore. <laughs> I'm tired. I want to nap. I don't care if it's because I got knocked on the head at this point. <laughs> Remember when it used to be like, it's going to be emotionally dramatic because there will be heartbreak, but like, this is a love story. No, we're done with that. <laughs> it's just an, a parade of emotional trauma. No one gets out alive from being on a season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette anymore. Yeah, it is funny that they found time to finally put the studio together this week <laughs> so that Jesse could not deliver a message about a chemical weapon that will quickly end life as we know it. Um, I just for the entire 
Western that, seaboard, like whatever it seemed like they were doing last week. Well, Jesse was just out here putting in the work. I have to say I was uh, texting with Juliet from Bachelor Party uh, and she was there last night and she oh. sent me a video of Jesse just like fully reciting his lines to himself during the commercial breaks. <laughs> so look, this guy, he's putting in the work. A he's just doing his king. best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Uh, he's trying. I will say I don't love him as a host for these live specials. I don't think it's where he shines. Yeah. I prefer him in a more casual setting. Yeah. I just want like <laughs> Jesse out here in a sweater, speaking French, lording his Canadianness over everyone. Like when he that's the Jesse I like. When he tries to like make them fight with each other on stage or when he tries to really pull out some painful details, you can tell he like doesn't really want to. I was gonna say you can tell that he's like very reluctant. He but he seems not in so a way where he's not in a way where he's like doing it really sensitively, more that he's just like, well I gotta ask, but like you don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. He's like not he's like gonna keep pushing them, but then he's gonna give up and be like, okay, the time is allotted has is done. Now we can just move on. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, so Gabby and Rachel join him on stage. Gabby is in a full head of like a bouncy sausage girl. She is dressed like a literal Dancing with the Stars mirror ball. It is some yeah. very smart branding. She's like, I've moved on from this role as the Bachelorette onto my new and less emotionally traumatizing yeah. role of hopeful Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, Dinner. she's in a silver sparkly like mirrored mini dress. Like this she whole looks look, incredible. This whole look is just like spawn con for dancing Disco with the Barbie. stars. <laughs> just some like embedded advertising. I will say Rachel's look is less uh, sparkly, less like in your face than Gabby's. But I do think she looks absolutely gorgeous. Like they finally figured out how to dress her in a way that isn't trying to just hide all of her curves under billowing material. Yeah, she is in a simple, like, chocolate brown sheath, but it is, like... Stunning. It is, like, so simple. Like, I did want them to... Give her a little more. Give her more, like, to match Gabby's yeah, sort of didn't, level they here. Did not. They did not try to coordinate them. They were clearly, like, Gabby is our star, and Rachel yeah. is our sad set. It's like a tank top plain chocolate brown sheet. It looks like, like it, it could be... Kel Kelsey was texting me being like, is this a Skims dress? Right. And she looks amazing it, it and looks it might like be it a could, Skims dress. It looks like it could be casual wear. Like it would be really hot, flattering casual wear. But if you're you know, peer, if your partner is there dressed like a disco I think ball... they should have put her in that silhouette, but in like a hot pink with some sequins or something. Right. Make it a little more eye-catching. But I think possibly Rachel just wants to blend in to the background, which would be fair. Yeah. She knows what's coming. <laughs> She's not feeling good about it. She looks ill, like, the whole night. The entire time. Um, But we pick right back up with Zach pulling Rachel away from her two roses on a platter for a private talk. And Zach just dives, like, right in. Mm -hmm. And you can very quickly tell that they both kind of know that he's not making it out of this rose ceremony. Yeah, Zach has clearly decided that he is going to self-eliminate, but he just wants to 
do it in a way where she knows exactly why, right? Like, he's not yeah. like, I'm just going to quietly be like, I think it's time for me to leave. He's like, you really let me down and I'm going to go. <laughs> so he tells her everything that he's already basically told Jesse. I'm sure you feel the fantasy sweet felt a little off with us. And she's like, yeah. And he says, I've always been honest with you. And honestly, I felt like I wasn't seeing the real Rachel I've come to know and love, but the quote, bachelorette Rachel. And Rachel's like, okay. And the thing that's funny is I'm like, maybe he just actually was seeing the real Rachel. And right. he was and the real Rachel both isn't into him and he's not into her. Continues to be hilarious <laughs> that he thinks the real Rachel is the one that was on camera and the <laughs> fake bachelorette. Rachel was the one who was off camera. Um, I think probably the reality is that she's being both both. at both times, but it's manifesting differently in those different moments. But like, it's not like she is totally (laughs) fake when she's in private and she's super real when she's on camera, Zach. Uh, Uh, He says he's shown his absolute love for her and he feels upset and disappointed that he wasn't able to get that back from her. She is sort of trying to get her bearings in this conversation. She felt like, I think that it's clear that Rachel felt like all her fantasy suites went well, but that the groundwork was sort of laid for Zach to be the one who went yes. home. And she felt comfortable in that decision. And now she's like, her. oh, he's gonna, he's broaching he's this. and adva- He's leaving. And I have to like handle this now instead of just not giving him a rose and then walking him out and being like that missing piece wasn't there. Right. It is very interesting because you can see her even at a couple points sort of look off camera like she's confused about what's going on. She's like, line, line. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I do think that when you get to this point, the everyone involved in this is so exhausted and depleted that like the structure is often the thing that they can hold on to for consistency. And so when that goes awry, it's like, the lead can get very confused, I think. And that yeah. is, this is one of those situations. And frankly, I felt this in the Avon breakup too, which we'll get to, where I just was like, I feel for everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, I said this last week, I think Zach really reminds me of Greg and how Greg left Katie's season. Obviously, the way the conversation went was pretty different. I think partly because I do think Greg was actually hoping that they could fix things when he confronted Katie about it. And with Zach, he's sort of made it. He's, he's come to he's made the, peace with he's it. made peace yeah. with, with the fact that it's over. And in both cases, I think it was just this moment where they were like, Oh, a mask, like slept a little bit. I saw that they didn't really care about me the way that I thought they did. And they were just maybe waiting to tell me until later. And now I'm here and like, what am I supposed to do? Like, wait to be dumped. Like, how can I cope with this? And meanwhile, the lead is like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm just supposed right. to like carry them along to the end, lay a little groundwork so that they're not totally blindsided by like, <laughs> there are some doubts, like there are some questions. And so Rachel is like retreating. She's trying to retreat to like the script. She's like, the, what was going on was just that I was looking for clarity on that date. And I do feel like I found it. And it sounds like she's almost, it seems like she's like, this is my moment to be like, I was looking for clarity. I found it. It's not you. And Zach like interrupts and is like, well, I felt completely blindsided. And Rachel's like, okay, 
Well, I felt like I was trying to find that missing piece. I thought if we spent the night together talking, maybe I could find it. And Zach is like, well, I really did love you, but I need to go. And Rachel's like, okay. I was like, just about to get there. But like, okay. Um, well, I need you to know, I truly wish we could have gotten there. And he's like, well, at least now we know. Um, I, I think that like, yeah, she's just totally off balance in this conversation. I don't think she really handles it badly. It's just that she's clearly so confused. She seems very disconnected from her emotions in this moment. Like, I almost think it's kind of similar to the way that it felt like Jason kind of retreated mm. from the end of his relationship with Gabby. Like, I think sometimes in these conversations, people sort of shut down and then we don't get that. You hope that in a breakup, that everyone is like emoting at the same appropriate level, right? Like in an ideal yeah. world that you're seeing that care, even if it's ending. And you could just tell that she and Zach were like missing each other. And I don't know that it's really either of their faults, but it came off very oddly and stilted. And I also think that that is ultimately actually why we saw them both apologize in during AR. Yeah. I want to so, say though if I'm Rachel <laughs> I'm hunting down the camera person who set up this shot. Oh, it's d- very unforgiving. She is catching the light during this whole conversation in a way where you can just see every pore and fine hair on her face. Like she looks like fuzzy almost. <laughs> I was like who did this also, to Rachel? <laughs> why did no one fix the pieces of hair that are coming out of her bun. Honestly, like send, I like that. It's like send a messy the hair and bun makeup. Look. It, but it didn't look intentional. I liked just, it. Just like give her a give her. It a was hair me. Person. I was the person who didn't fix her hair. I thought it looked cute. <laughs> I mean, she did look beautiful. I'm a big but... believer in tendrils. Um, the fuzziness all over the face. I struggled with. I was like, <laughs> I would never forgive this if I were Rachel. Um, she didn't know that was happening at the time, though. She's just <laughs> very confused by this conversation and I think was prepared to have a different conversation with him that would have yeah, been it emotional. Felt like she, it felt like she had prepared. And so she's like, I wish we could have gotten there. And then it's yeah. like, well, that's not really the conversation they're having. And she couldn't quite right. switch gears. Exactly. It's like that isn't the conversation. Like the thing where... He's like, what was missing? That isn't actually what's being talked about. So you're like, right. I was looking for the missing piece. We couldn't get there. It's like, well, that's not the conversation he's trying to have with you right now. So that's irrelevant. <laughs> um, so she walks into the limo. Inside the limo, Zach drives off, not exactly crying, but he sounds very emotional. He's weepy. And he's like, I could see in her eyes that it meant something different to her than it did to me. I don't know what I missed. It still doesn't feel real. She was, in my mind, the future Mrs. Shawcross. In my mind, doing a lot of load-bearing work there. (laughs) Because she was not the future Mrs. Shawcross. And it's unclear to me if he ever even asked if she'd want to take his last name. No, I don't. I don't get the sense they had that conversation. He's Um, like, I stamped her with the label. (laughs) I understand his feeling of, of confusion. You know, it's like her response was cold. Like I thought, even if, again, even if you're not the one, you want to feel like you were valued. And I think unfortunately mm-hmm. in that moment, she was so thrown off her axis that 
she couldn't get there and give that to him. And like, they yeah. both were sort of retreating to their defenses. He's like, was any of this real? And she's like, wait, like, why did you just kind of come for me? Like, yeah, she is in this weird position where how is she supposed to show him that she really values him in the context of this conversation, aside from trying to get him to stay, you know, like he's basically being like, you changed, you're different. You never really cared for me and it's over. So she can either be like, no, I do care for you stay. Or she can be like, oh, yeah, well, I do feel like it should be over, but I feel I'm feeling bad about it. Like, it's just she was a tough thing to respond to. I think there is a world in which she could say, you know, I I agree. I think you were picking up on something that I couldn't identify in the moment, which is that there was something missing and we weren't a fit. And logically we have so much in common and I was really, really hoping we could get there. But Mm -hmm. what you picked up on was my own reticence and I'm so sorry. And you could like emote in that way. But I think she was just so unprepared to have that conversation that like she couldn't really pivot properly. And it's definitely possible, but she, yeah, she couldn't rise to that. Yeah. Um, So Zach also says one of the things he fell in love with was that Rachel made him feel really special. And now he questions if that was real or just an act. And, hmm, yeah, that is really hard. Um, I, it just is. I get what he means. Yeah, it almost is like he's saying, like, I fell in love with being the person she was going to pick at the end. Yeah, I mean, because, I guess my reading is yeah. maybe a little more generous, just that, like, <laughs> well, I just think that when I'm you're being in a situation him. like a television show, you are searching mm-hmm. for these signs of of validation that you feel like will carry you outside of this kind of constructed world. And that is what I felt like he was kind of pointing at. And then, look, part of the job of being the lead of this show is to make people feel special. Is to make people feel special and then to to dump them. Like that yeah. is literally built into the structure. And so it is a yeah. very delicate balance where you're like, I don't want to make them feel too special just to disappoint them and make them feel lied to. But I also yeah. don't want to make them question their own reality. So it's like, it's like both those things can be true at the same time. And I think it's Charlene. I, I think Charlene has talked about the way that being made to, feel special like being sort of selected out by the lead can give you kind of like a permanent or semi-permanent confidence boost even if you don't end up with them like I do think that there it's not all just for emotional destruction like I do think that people can come off the show and be like we didn't end up together but they really I mean Charlene left of her own volition so it was a little different for her in the aftermath but like just because you weren't the final one doesn't mean that you can't feel chosen feel chosen feel special yeah i think that's true they saw your value and they saw it in a really public way where you were able to be seen as desirable on television and that can i think that maybe that will seem valuable again to zach once he's distanced from this moment yeah it does really feel like yeah in this moment she did not make him feel that way at all (laughs) so right fair reaction and rachel does seem to be uh, just sort of on guard, like a little bit aggrieved as she walks back. Yeah. She's, she's just seems exhausted. Like, I think that the context 
that I kept going back to for this whole episode was that the show has made these women feel basically the entire season like they're on the verge of constant rejection. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really important context to keep in mind um, and to me explain some of the ways that they acted that like in a vacuum, I'm kind of like that wasn't the right or best way to handle it. Yeah, I think that people are really unimpressed with how Rachel handled this almost because they are seeing it in like a, well, this is how dating works. Like he has the right to change his mind. He has the right to leave. That's absolutely true. true. But at the same time, you can also see her coming back to the guys and being like, I'm supposed to be the boss here. Like he couldn't just stand in line and wait for me to not give him a rose as the format demands. He had to interrupt that and, and do it for me so that I had to deal with being rejected again, which he knows I've really had a hard time with on this show that I'm continually being like knocked down a peg. And like, that's his job is to get eliminated at a rose ceremony. Like that's why he's here. So like, why is he pulling this shit? Like, you could definitely see she was, like, kind of pissed that he yeah. couldn't just fucking wait to not get a rose. Like, he clearly knew he wasn't going to. And again, I, re- I am I'm sympathetic like- to that. It's a little childish, but, like, that is that is literally the format of the show. And she's been through it. And she wants to get to just, like, do the fucking format here at the end. I think the problem is that you cannot go on this show, especially as a lead, and assume that the format will have any consistency or will protect you in any way because that is fundamentally, I believe, no longer the goal of the show. Oh, absolutely. The lead is always positioned now as (laughs) with the possibility of turning into the villain at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that they've found that there is uh, a lot of mileage dramatically that they can get from that kind of arc. And it's not just that Zach is leaving. It's that she sees that he is setting her up to be a villain by eliminating, not just by being like, I realized that it's time for me to go, but by being like, you changed. You're you're, you're dissembling. I don't, that's not to say that I think Zach is bad or did something horrible. It's just that you can see where both of them are coming from. And you can see all of the competing imperatives that are, kind of at play that are that are going unsaid. I'm not saying that Zach is trying to throw her under the bus per se. I'm saying that of course that would trigger right. her to be like Yeah, I agree. Oh, like this is where he seeds some sort of like end of show narrative that I am fake and I was never really here for the right reasons and he's making me look bad um by leaving this way and and that's she's clearly like in sort of the vibe yeah. she goes back into the rose ceremony with. She yeah. says, you know, Zach left. I do wish him the best. I don't want to speak ill, but for people who say they care about me to kind of take things into their own hands, I think that part's very telling, and question my character. It's obviously really disappointing. Yeah, that's the part where I was like, <laughs> oh, she wants to do the format. She's like, yeah. he should have stood in line and not gotten a rose. And like, do I think that that is actually his job? Like, is he not allowed to break that? No, I think he I, is allowed. I think he's allowed to. I said it with Greg and I'm saying it with yeah. Zach. He's allowed to, but also it is his job. Like, that's just the thing about the show is that I think that it is the human right of every contestant to break the format for their own well-being, but also to to adhere to the format 
is is their job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's okay to not do your job because you're protecting yourself. I don't think he's a bad person, but that's the expectation. And he violated it. And she feels grieved. And I get that, too. (laughs) But she does hand out her roses to Tino and Avon. They do accept. I think the two of them are frankly just like relieved. They're like, we got we got through this week, man. Yeah, we get to be done. And And it's so interesting because you can tell that both Gabby and Rachel know she's not coming off great and that this is going to be a rough ride of an episode because every time we cut to them, Gabby is like clutching Rachel's hands and they're like silently mouthing like, I love you to each other. Yeah. Personally, that was my favorite part of the episode. They're giving she's she's giving <laughs> Rachel a lot of pep talks and yeah, like she's like you're you're gonna get through this. <laughs> uh, but after the commercial break, Gabby has left the dais to make space for Zach. It's our first live finale segment. As the night goes on, Rachel's looking more and more like glassy and drained and miserable, but. She already looks exhausted at this point. She's like, okay, here we go. This could have really honestly gone sideways. The way things were left, you would almost be like, he's going to come out here and question my intentions. And she's going to go after him for questioning care. Like, you could have seen a version of this where they really went at each other. And I was relieved and impressed that they both came out and were just like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. That, that was like, rough. <laughs> Zach immediately says, I'm sorry, basically, that if I made you feel like I was questioning your character, I was in shock. I was processing. And Rachel's like, yeah, I'm really sorry, too. Watching that back was painful. I'm sorry if I, that I made you question whether my feelings for you were real because they, they honestly were. And I'm so sorry if you felt like I was putting on an act. Like, that's not, that's not yeah. what I was trying to do. I, I do... I wonder actually what Rachel would have said (laughs) if like, I wonder if she was like coming out being like, I was harsh. I need to go out and be conciliatory. Or if it was more like when he apologized, she was like, you know what? Mistakes were made by both of us, you know, because I will totally be that person when I'm in a really fraught argument. That's like the minute that Greg apologizes, I'm like, I'm sorry, too. <laughs> but I like, know I think I think she could have been defensive. far more defensive if C, if he had given her reason to be. But like, I, I actually was impressed with him. I think, yeah, he really. I think he did a great job of sort of just being like we we were two humans in a really kind of impo- situation that's really impossible to navigate. And like, yeah, I think that that's always, that kind of attitude is frankly always going to serve you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he probably came on. I, I think Zach's a good guy. I don't think he really wanted to hurt Rachel or vice versa. No. But I also think, <laughs> not to be super cynical, that this makes her a much better bachelor play than coming out and doubling down and being like, you were fake. You led me on. I do think that to come out and to be the guy who was like honest about his feelings and passionate on the show and then to come out and be like, but I'm sorry if I express that in a way that was unfair to you is like chef's kiss. Perfect bachelor play. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But like, great. Yeah. Make your good bachelor play. Totally. the person in front of you with respect and compassion. For whatever and get reason. Get that back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't care why you're doing it. No, do I it. was relieved after the Katie and Greg 
AFR. Exactly. I was like sick for a week. I was like, I can't. I actually was thinking about that watching this. I was like, this is the like opposite of that energy. I think in both the Zach and the Avon conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they, Jesse like makes them retread everything that happened. They both are just trying like, well, to get them just, to fight. We're just trying to say that we like wish the best for each other and we really cared about each other. He's like, but did totally something, understand each other, but did something really nefarious or crazy happen? And like, do and you have like, anything no. else you need to unload from your chest to each other? And they're just like, no, just the same stuff we've already said like 15 <laughs> times. And I'm we're like, sure. so, I hope we, the other person is happy and everything is fine. Exactly. Like, I'm sure that people would have appreciated maybe more specific details from the fantasy suite, but I honestly yeah. believe them when they say, like, sometimes you just have a dynamic with someone and you can feel it shift. Like, yeah. I have dated people where I felt like it was going so well and then something happens and I've sort of been on the Zach end of it and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God, it's they're going to end it. I just know. I he, just he know. Got, he got the ick. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. I think, and then you panic and then you honestly do want to just force a conversation. And of be course. Like, just, do, just end it. Why wait? But the thing yeah. about Zach is that the conversation was about to happen. She was picking up the roses and he didn't have to force it. But I do, I do understand. I think that the one additional like comment that Zach made that gave me a little insight was like, once we got in private things immediately felt so different like we were strangers and that was when i realized that he wasn't going to be that was when i realized it wasn't going to be me but we still had to hang out the whole night and so it was just like kind of brutal to like both be here kind of privately knowing but not saying to each other (laughs) that it wasn't gonna be us yeah that does sound kind of nightmarish it Um, sounds awful but then it's like so why not like say something you're in private like I don't that's the one thing I I don't get imagine Zach in that moment being like okay I just got to get through that like trying to stick to the format and then you leave that situation and you just like fucking yeah panic and you were like I my I can't withstand like I can't emotionally withstand not addressing it. Like, I, feel I can't, like I get that. I do think this has become such a trope of reality dating shows at this point. We've seen it on some non-bachelor shows too. It's like the first time we got private time, something felt completely different. And I think it's really interesting to see how that, I feel like it's getting more prominent as more people, as it's become more of like an industry that people go yeah. on to become like a famous person and there's so much expectation of how things go. And there's, I just feel like it becomes so common to, to go on knowing the part you have to play and then for it to like fall away in private. And then it, people struggle to articulate it in a way that makes sense to the audience because and we weren't there. Way, right. And also in a way that doesn't suggest that like everything both of them are doing is just playing a character. Well, only the person, the other person, <laughs> she was playing a character. Yeah. So they um, they basically are like, no regrets, beautiful memories we made together. We're good. You're great. We're yeah. great. We're not together. Also, I love Rachel. Rachel is like, I was never really questioning whether you were ready. I was just asking the questions about whether you were ready that I asked everyone. I was like, so Rachel, you were questioning whether he was ready. You're just saying you weren't like extra specially asking him that. <laughs> like, okay, that's... Seems like a pretty meaningless distinction that you're drawing, but like I do <laughs> just think that Rachel, which I understand, is going through this, being like, I just, 
I'm trying to find the thing that will justify me ending this with two out of the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that like the result feels a little bit at times like she is finding reasons to be mad at them. Right. But I also don't think that is consciously what is happening. I no, think, I don't think it's conscious. I think but she's I do actually think that that's... reacting to very real anxieties that she has. Yeah, um, I just think that unfortunately she doesn't necessarily have the emotional right. range the to like articulate that yeah. in the in the best and most effective way. I and also think that like sucks. probably her asking some kind of routine questions for the fantasy suite might have felt different to Zach if he felt like the vibe was not as warm between them anymore. Totally. So, of course, cuz then you feel like you're on guard rather right. than just like she's going through her questions. I mean, again, a lot is just yeah. on vibe and we'll you never it up from people we gotta and we'll end nev- the fantasy because we we'll never yeah. we'll never see what happens in there and it's frustrating so time for rachel's parents and gabby's par- gabby's family to meet the remaining men so first we are with rachel her parents uh big tony and marianne are here as well as nate and sam her two besties Rachel's in like a loose fitting red collared mini dress that I was texting with our friend Jordan, Emma, who very accurately was like in her ITMs, this dress makes her look like a beverage park girl at a golf course. And I was like, yes, it is very much giving I work at a golf course. (laughs) But then like you see the whole look and you're like, okay, but like, I just don't think I would have put her in that personally. Her hair looks beautiful, though. Yeah, I mean, I like the half up, half down. Me too. Um, but yeah, again, Rachel's fashion continues to be hit or miss. Yeah, leave something to be desired. She tells them that they'll first be meeting Avon, and she tries to describe Avon. She's like, I love this. <laughs> She's like, he's hard to look at. He's so good looking that it almost hurts your feelings. She's like, you'll you'll see him and be like, how do you actually look like that? <laughs> I just love that she has the same confusion about Avon's poreless perfection that like the rest of us do. Yeah. Uh, and she also is like, he is there for me 100%. He makes me feel so supportive when supported whenever anything goes wrong. He is the person I want to see. And she points out that he has told her that he is 100% ready for an engagement and that he is falling in love. Unfortunately, Rachel's big, um, I guess idea about Avon coming into this, the thing she wanted to like hammer home in every conversation is is like the most steady. He's just like the most ready and the most steady. He's like, he has no doubts about her. He has no doubts about (laughs) engagement. He's He's like the classic good, good on paper guy that like, she even says, to I forget if it's just her friends or the whole group like he's the one that you're like kind of stupid if you don't pick him and it did feel to me like she's kind of like he's the one I should choose I like Tino better but maybe my family will like somehow convince me to pick Avon I truly think that if Zach had been like oh actually I don't know if I'm ready for an engagement right now she would have been like oh well obviously this isn't gonna work (laughs) out then but she clearly wanted to have Avon as like, even if she wasn't really planning to pick him as a really solid plan B. Like she was like, he he's unwavering. 
he he is all in and he's pretty perfect and maybe my heart is sort of leading me towards Tino but like if things fall apart with Tino like what's there's no dings on Avon like that's a pretty good path and it's like does that maybe suck for Avon yes, yes. but is that just how this show tends to go. Like there are lots of seasons. Also, yes. Like there are lots of seasons where you're like, there's the person that it seems like they definitely should pick and the person that they probably shouldn't pick, but they like better. And you always pick the one you like better. But you want them both to just be there. Yeah. (laughs) It's really solid options. So Avon joins them with flowers. He's wearing a blue button down, unfortunately. The color is not very forgiving to his armpit sweat. Um, I felt Light for him. Light blue is just like rough. As a, as a person who sweats myself. Same. Especially yeah. now that I use natural deodorant. Um, it <laughs> does nothing to stem the flow. He also <laughs> has a cigar for Big Tony. So he is prepared. The family is like so happy to meet him. They're like, we've heard great things. And... He is ready for his interrogation by Big Tony. He's like, I've heard about Big Tony. I know what to expect. I've got to be honest with this guy. I've tried, got to be so ready for this. Part of me was like, maybe, Avon, you didn't need to be so specifically honest. Yeah, I think he could have cooled it a little bit. (laughs) Um, It doesn't even happen with Big Tony, though. Um, So Big Tony sits down with Avon first and says that Rachel is his quote, pride and joy, and that, quote, nobody is going to be taking her away from me without a fight. We could have, we could have done without that. Okay. Last part. Okay. Um, I mean, she doesn't belong to you. <laughs> and I don't think that anyone should have to like fight. Like, are you a dragon? And she's the treasure. He's also, also like, why do her partners have to fight you. Well, exactly. Like it's because he's like, the dragon and she's the treasure. I'm like, maybe it's just like, I want her to be happy and, and have a good partner. And so I'd like to be impressed by you. Yeah. So Big Tony uh, also says, tomorrow I'm going to be sitting here. Another guy's going to be sitting there. What are you going to say that's going to make me remember you better than the other guy? Like, he's like a goddamn hiring manager. Avon is in here in his collared shirt for a job interview. (laughs) He's like, what really sets me apart is my work ethic. (laughs) Avon says, this isn't a joke to me. I want to make sure it's right for both of us. And Big Tony asks about his feelings for Rachel. And Avon is like, we share a lot of the same values, the same sense of humor. She's gorgeous. Obviously, I'm just falling in love with her. And this kind of wins Big Tony over. I'm so, Big Tony is such a fascinating mixed bag for me because he has this like fundamental streak of conservatism throughout his demeanor, like the sort of father knows best Mm -hmm. vibe, the like, I have a shotgun to protect my daughter from Mm -hmm. unworthy suitors vibe. And yet he also is this like, kind of softy who once Rachel's like, I really like this guy. And the guy's like, I love your daughter. He's like, oh, okay. Are you going to like let her follow her passion? That's <laughs> really what I want. Yeah. It's a funny thing about Rachel that, I don't know. We talk a lot about how Gabby is shaped by her family, but we don't really talk about that with Rachel. And I do think she really is. And I think we see that play out in this episode, not always for the best, 
I think that in a certain way, Big Tony is a lot warmer than Tino's dad and more welcoming, but they do share some qualities. Like he's like this, they're both sort of like traditional dominant patriarchal figures who are very like protective. He is a father who is like, they both taught their kids to be like hard headed, competitive, stubborn, to like really insist on their own way. And I think that with Rachel and Big Tony, we kind of celebrate that. There are definitely upsides. I mean, especially for girls who are totally flooded with the opposite message by society, which is like be accommodating, get along. But I do think that like, sort of like Tino, we do sometimes see that Rachel struggles a little bit with not being centered or with not having her wishes gone along with in relationships because her dad is truly just like, you need to find a guy who is just going to like, let you do whatever. And if that's not happening, then like move on. And like, again, I think there's a value in that message, but also I don't think it necessarily primes her to be prepared to be really making a lot of compromises in relationships or to be accepting of a guy being like, I'm not going to give you what you want right now. Yeah. And I do think also part of that is like, age like as you date yeah. more you do i think gain an understanding of how to stand in your power and make your desires known but also understand that people aren't mind readers and that it's going to take communication and understanding and trust to kind of figure out the ways in which you need to compromise and the ways in which there are things that you should never compromise and it's like actually trickier sometimes to figure out what those things are than I think we are told. Yeah. And as we will see later, emotional regulation and stressful moments in relationships, I think can change a lot between like 25 and 30, for example. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to see two bachelorettes who are at such different points in their life, even though they're not that far apart, but those are really formative years in terms of how you handle relationships. Um, anyway, we digress a little bit. Um, he tells Big Tony that he's falling in love. And for as hard as people were on Rachel, and I was a little hard on her for not having good answers about why she liked her guys to their families, the guys are not good at this either. Like, everyone's just like, uh, we share values. They're attractive. I don't know. I just have feelings. I can't I feel like it. Avon may have done a better job. Than oh, like a little bit. Like he's like, she's, well, oh, well, Tino basically is just like, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to Tino. So Rachel's mom talks to uh, Rachel and is like, I really like Avon and how he is with you and, and with the family. And Rachel's like, I trust he would be the most incredible partner for sure. 100%. I have no doubts about him at all. And Mariana's like, is he ready to propose? And Rachel's like, I'm totally sure he is. We have talked about it at length. I'm like, something, there was some Ah. wires crossed. (laughs) What what did you talk about at length? I have so many questions still after watching this whole episode. Yeah, I actually don't know. Um, And this is where Avon is talking to Rachel's besties. And it feels like he's getting like almost overly comfortable with them. He's like swigging his champagne, just like being like, we're we're new BFFs. And they're like, you know, are you ready for this? And he's like, yeah, like, I want to be with Rachel. I want to have a life with her. I just want, like, the engagement to be perfect. 
you know, my parents split up basically is what he says. And like, I want it to be the best timing for the two of us. So that we just have one shot. Which I get. And they're like, okay, so what we're hearing is you're, you need a little more time for proposal. There's not much time left. Will you be there by the end of this process? And he says that he could be, and he's falling in love. He's just not sure about the timing. And they're like, okay, so you're not thinking you're probably going to be ready. Have you told her that? And he says, yes, I've told her I'm ready to be engaged generally in life. And her friends are like, okay, but like, we're talking about different things. She's ready to come home with the fiance. So if she doesn't, that's going to be a problem. So like, just FYI. And he's like, yeah, totally. (sighs) Rachel is is watching stone faced from the studio as we cut to her telling her dad that she could be engaged to Avon in five days. And he's like, not if I have anything to say about it. (laughs) Okay, big Tony, calm down. No, no, no. I mean, Avon is telling her friends. We won't be engaged in five days (laughs) if I have anything to say about it. This whole thing is just rough. Yeah. Um, It's clearly there is much that needs to be discussed. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back to discuss how this all plays out. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay. So you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like 
vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, I'm my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. Uh, Rachel gets a chance to sit with her buds, and she's like, Avon, right? He's perfect. I would be stupid not to pick him. On paper, he's perfect. And her friends are like, yeah. He did express some uncertainty about whether he'd be ready to propose. And like, look, don't freak out. He said he was sure he wanted to be with you, but he was just like being so logical about the timeline. And it's like, okay, like you're doing little shit stirring. That's fine. That's your job. But like, don't try to calm her down. (laughs) I don't know. I felt like Nathaniel was like, I am just here to stir shit. And her and Sam was like, don't freak out. It was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's not derail this completely. But it's just it's clear that this really triggers an insecurity in Rachel. And you can see immediately like this is going to be a shit show between the two of them. Yeah, she well. And the thing about Rachel's reaction is that she mostly is just like, he didn't tell me this. Like, I'm absolutely shocked by this because that's not what he said to me. And right. And you can tell that immediately she's also pretty embarrassed that she feels like she was like, he's perfect. He's ready. He's here for me. And then the feeling her family and friends got was not that. Yeah. And like, I think that's sort of the core of of what we see. Yeah, the thing is that they all really liked Avon and they they seemed happy about their relationship, but for her to be going around saying to them, like, he's so all in, and then for him to be like, I'm not, like, all in, but, like, I'm pretty in, she feels kind of exposed. And, like, he, yeah. and, and also, like, she does want to get engaged. And so 
they're like, oh, but he really cares about you. And she's like, yeah, but like, I'm not coming out of this not engaged. And they're like, okay. (laughs) That's not something you want to be saying. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And I do think that we're starting, we're really seeing the show hitting up against its, its own premise as the culture changes. It's like we are seeing this conflict where the show is a marriage show. They have positioned themselves as a fundamentally conservative hetero-Christian marriage show Mm -hmm. where, like, the goal is to get engaged. That is how women are socialized both within, like, extra in the world of the show and also in the culture at large to understand their worth. Like, that is the ultimate way that you know someone's actually committing to you within the bounds of this show. But then they're also now being like, well, that's kind of unreasonable, right? Like, and then encouraging the contestants to to question that. It's just like, I definitely (sighs) saw some people saying that Avon was being like villainized by the show for not buying into the premise. And I totally don't think he was being villainized by the show. I think he presented his case very cogently. And I think that he was presented as reasonable by the show. He was allowed to make his case. I think he came off well. And I don't think that he is being presented as a villain. I think he is instead being presented as someone who's like, well, I'm a reasonable guy. This show doesn't make any fucking sense. So Which is like, true. <laughs> and they're, they are not invested in defending that from him. Right. Instead, they want to make, is... they, they, they are comfortable allowing instead the narrative to be Rachel is a crazy, demanding woman for wanting that engagement what, that we promised what kills her. Me, <laughs> right. I think that's what kills me about it is that, like, in the real world, do I think that it's unreasonable? Like, yes. Absolutely. It's absolutely insane to get engaged. But we're not... It's like they're, the show is choosing these ways in which they are enforcing their own rules and then other ways in which they're like, well, like, that's not really important but they've stated that this is the center right. of and, the show. And I think that the production used to do some of the work that I think they have stopped doing based on how this keeps happening to prepare the guys to propose at the end, to coax them into proposing at the end, to making it really clear that they need to be upfront about whether they're ready to propose at the end. It seems like we're constantly now finding ourselves at the end of The Bachelorette with the women having to beg their finalists who before seemed very comfortable with the process to propose at the end. Suddenly the guys are like, what a proposal? Where's that coming from? Not to be all like you have to adhere to the format because you signed up, but it didn't come out of nowhere. And it is the job of production to have some of those, you know, some of those persuasive conversations with the guys to get them in the right headspace so that the women aren't on camera being like, please propose to me. And I think the alternative is, which I would prefer, frankly, (laughs) is that the show separates their own kind of sick obsession with engagement. But like it, the show is trying to do both. Enforce that as the ultimate prize and the ultimate sign of a woman's worth while at the same time denying them of that and making them beg for it and it's like and making them seem irrational for wanting it and it's like well that is what you told them would be success that is what you told them would make them finally affirmed in their worth and whole again after what Clayton did to them in this case like 
it makes me kind of nuts to see people dragging Rachel for wanting this the way that Rachel Lindsay was dragged for wanting this. And after Rachel Lindsay wrote about her argument with Peter in her book, I really understood it a lot more. Like, and I was, I wish that I had been more understanding at the time that she had that argument. Like you say like, oh, she just wants a ring. She doesn't care about the relationship. Sure. Like engagement isn't the perfect metric by which to judge the success of a relationship. But for women to go on TV (laughs) in front of everyone and to be and to have the thing that they have very clearly said they wanted and they're looking for to be withheld from them and then to be asked to just accept that to prove that they're like a good person and not shallow is kind of fucked. Like it makes me kind of lose it a little bit. I'm like, she wants this from a relationship. She gets to want that. Like, she's not a bad person for just not accepting whatever level of commitment even wants to offer. I think she's actually allowed to want it. And he's also allowed to not feel comfortable giving it. Like, these these are actually both, in my mind, fair positions to take. And that's why it, it also just drives me nuts that I think we are primed And Jesse even enforces this in his language when we're cutting back to studio that like by watching this show, the goal is to like pick a side in every Mm -hmm. conflict. Team Rachel, Team Avon. And it's like, I just want everyone to fucking be okay. And I, I think I've probably become more sensitive to this after spending years and years thinking about this show. And it just like, I don't know. I end up ending every season feeling like very sick to my stomach for Mm -hmm. the well-being of everyone involved. (laughs) Yeah. And it's honestly, what could be more contrary to actually valuing healthy relationships than treating every conflict as a war with two sides and you support one side? Like the goal should be for everyone to be happy and and safe and to meet reach common ground. And instead, it's like, well, they both just had some sort of instinctive reaction or some sort of decision that they made in this contained small amount of time under a lot of stress. Now I have to decide who did a better job and like we're, we pick their team and it's so unhealthy. And I do also hate how it keeps playing out that we are expected to just sort of like denigrate the leads for wanting that engagement at the end because it's, it's shallow and silly when I think partly what they're just looking for is a signal that is affirmation is affirmation that like this wasn't a game. I think that when you came to the end of this process with someone and they seemed to be affirming all along that they were in the process, which ends with an engagement that they wanted you and then they start pulling back something that you thought they were offering at the end. I feel like a lot of the leads must start to think like, well, was I being used? Like, did they just want to make it further? Did they want to be bachelor? Did, are they now trying to find an out? And and is that just necessarily a, all those fair, kinds of insecurity or reflective of the in, of the actual intentions of the other person? Not necessarily. I don't but think again, so. It's, it's like these these competing imperatives. Like there are all these other things that everyone is thinking about. Like how will I be perceived? What will the pressures be on me if I leave engaged or don't leave engaged? Like what yeah. does it mean to be you know, a woman lead who like isn't chosen in the way that I was told I should be chosen in the end. And it's, it just, you see all the ways in which they are set up to fail and all the ways in which 
production just is no longer invested in doing the work on their end to craft a romantic narrative with a clear arc anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting really hard to watch. I really hate seeing people. I had such a hard time with the end of Katie and Katie season for the same reason um, with what happened, especially I also with had Greg. a hard time with Clayton. And with Clayton's season. And like, yeah. I had a lot of criticisms of both Clayton and Susie for how that played out. I thought that Susie, like Avon, sort of blindsided him with some sort of firm inner conviction she had about how the process should go that conflicted with the format and that she hadn't shared with him at the appropriate time. And I'm also sympathetic to both Avon and Susie for the way that played out. Like he kept being like, oh, I wanted to have a chance to talk to you before. And it's like, well, they're not going to let you do that. And so part of it is not on them. And they're also in a really tough and vulnerable position. They're just both in a really, really hard position. And I really like felt for both Ava <sighs> yeah. and Rachel yeah. in this. They try um, to, they try to debrief and, and they're just missing each other. Yeah. She, he seems so pleased with how it went. He loved her family. Oh, Rachel's like, yeah, they loved that. you, but I heard you I'm might not confused. be ready for engagement. I'm confused about this thing. Yeah. And Avon <sighs> just seems, can, he's like, no, I am ready for an engagement. I just want it to be <laughs> right for both of us. Like, I think he is also picking up on the fact that like, how can I quite commit to this when there is also another person. Like, I don't know if I'm being chosen. Like, it right. is this. Right. And also, <sighs> yeah, I. how can he commit to this given that? And also given, honestly, it has been a shortened process. They're getting less time together yeah. because of how the season has been formatted. And I think part of what's happening is that Rachel is clinging in the chaos of this season to a guy really choosing format. her and the yeah. format ending the way it's supposed to. And the guys, understandably, are a little bit like, well, we barely know each other. Like, we've had even, like, less time than usual. And this format is already really short. And, like, maybe it's not the best time to get engaged. And the women are like, <laughs> but, like, that's what we need because this has been, like, such hell. <laughs> right. And and that's that's the guarantee I need that you're at least going to try. Right. That you're actually committed to trying this. Like, any sign of pulling back yeah. is a sign that you're not actually in this. And it's... Again, they're just missing each other. And I understand both of them. I'm so frustrated, too, with, like, how they clearly are just using the same phrase to mean different things. And Rachel is using this phrase in the world of the show approved end of process way. She's saying, you said that You're you ready are ready for, for an engagement. And he says, I am ready for an engagement, just not on the show. And I hate to break it to you, Avon, buddy, but when you're in the fantasy suite, and you're one of the final guys, and you tell the lead, I'm ready for an engagement, that means you are ready to propose to her at the end of the show. It doesn't mean, like, to someone else elsewhere that you felt more sure about, you would be ready for an engagement. No, it's not night one. Like, at this point in the process, that is conveying to her that you are going to propose to her at the end. And it's reasonable for her to take it that way and to not, like, cross-examine you on it. She thought you were talking about one thing, you thought you were talking about something else. Production, I think, should have guided him through this better if that's what happened. Because how is yeah. he out here saying this shit to her, not understanding what that means to her at this <sighs> point in the process? I do think he sort of had a freak out and, mm -hmm. like, didn't properly 
explore in during their off-camera time like exactly the nuances of this stuff and i it's just it's just painful it's a painful exchange because i do believe avon when he's like i really care about us i really want to be with you like i i believe him but i also understand why she's she even says like i'm not going to force you in into some, doing something yeah into something you don't want it's hard because, like, I Jeff don't think that Rachel is trying to pressure him. She just doesn't know what to do with all her disappointment. Because what she's basically saying is, like, I just want you to feel differently. And, like, you don't. And, like, so I'm not going to, like, ask you to to pretend to feel differently and to just do what I want. But, like, I don't know how to deal with the fact that I'm really upset about that. <laughs> and I feel like that's your fault. <laughs> she's like, you misled me. Like, you told me all this stuff. I went into my family and expressed and I look such I look stupid. I look like we're not on the same page. You know how hard that is for me. <sighs> I think that Avon is trying to be like, nothing has changed, but also I didn't get a chance to talk to you after overnights. And she's like, so something after fantasy suites, you changed your mind. He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, so then why didn't even is just so then why did you need to doing, talk to her again? <laughs> he's doing a bad job at expressing himself clearly. I feel like he's very flustered. I also think that Rachel is at war with herself where she like was open to maybe being convinced to pick Avon, but also likes Tino better. Yeah. And so part of me is like, she like both wants him to feel differently, but also is like, well, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is the reason right. to break up with the good on paper. Guy. Right. This is the thing I don't get on Rachel's position, really, is that she's already told Tino she loves him. So either she's going to pull a Clayton or Avon's already out of the running. And I think it's probably not quite that clear cut in her mind. But if she was going to pick Avon in any world, she would have ended up telling two guys she was in love with them. And that's what she sort of was not supposed to do. So it does feel like Avon was already probably not the I, guy. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I think ultimately he wasn't the guy. And I do frankly think that if she really was so confident in them, that she would have figured out a way to work around this. Yeah uncertainty that he has like and uh, it is interesting to watch their conflict styles a little bit um because they both i think feel a bit blindsided she by what she heard before and him by the fact that they're like having a fight about something when he thought everything was fine he like handles himself pretty well i would say he stays I very agree. calm he's like emphasizing that he cares about her and about their relationship and he just wants to like work things out and, like, whenever she's, like, that hurt me, he apologizes. Rachel is just, like, a lot of raw feeling. And, like, she keeps... All she wants to do is be, like, think about how I'm feeling. Like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And she's, like, I already understand how you feel. Like, whatever. I just want you to understand me. And I'm, like, I think he also understands, Rachel, too, how you feel. Yeah. And, like, you just want to express it over and over again because you're so frustrated raw. and raw. And, like, I get it, but also you do have to 
yeah. take a moment to like understand him yeah. as well. And she's being very just like emotional over the place. And then when he raises his voice just a tiny bit, she's like, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, Rachel, why are you yelling at him? You guys are like feeling a lot of emotion and your voices are I not like, always oh, perfectly that controlled. Is, that is not flattering. And also I've definitely been on both sides of that. Where oh, I like, yeah. yeah. Like raise my voice at my partner without realizing it he's like why are you yelling at me I'm like I'm not yelling at you I'm just or, speaking with passion yeah <laughs> uh yeah so I really felt for both of them I definitely thought Avon handled himself better but I hated to see how much people turned on Rachel because though I don't think she handled herself perfectly here I don't think I know. that I think that she is feeling a very genuine sense of just like confusion and betrayal she felt like they talked this through off camera and then he sort of hit her with something else not even directly to her but to her family who she was really hoping they could impress and she's she does feel lied to like it doesn't feel that way to us because we never saw them have a real conversation about this but she feels like they talked about it at length and she was assured of something and that was denied to her family and i understand how much that must be throwing her yeah uh, so just, it just sucks yeah. but before we kind of litigate this in the studio we do get finally some time with gabby <laughs> this is a very rachel heavy yeah. episode she just has more people left so it's gabby's turn to introduce eric to her family namely yeah. grandpa john the best man on this show Grandpa John, Grandpa John, and her dad is here this time, and her stepmom, it seems Yeah, like. well, last time her dad wasn't able to, because I believe her stepmom was going through cancer treatment, and thus mm -hmm. was immunocompromised. So. so it's good to see that, that they're yeah. doing well and that they're and able to be here. Her stepmom also seems really <laughs> lovely. Yeah, they, they, they were very supportive, and Gabby's aunt was also there, uh, who was like, Gabby's aunt and Gabby's grandpa are just like the most wonderful human beings. I know. I was like, you can see where Gabby like picked up her emotional coping skills despite having such like a rough relationship with her mom and like a more distant one with her dad growing up. You can see that she had these people in her family who were able to like model that for her. And I, yeah. I love that. For I also her. just want to say before we get into the Eric stuff, like obviously there is this thing looming over us watching Eric now, which is that um, there is a photo that surfaced of him in blackface in his high school yearbook from, I believe, 2011. He did post an apology, which I think um, a lot of Black creators have and commentators have, have pointed out the ways in which it maybe fell a little short. I am glad that he said something. Yeah. Um, definitely, we want to encourage everyone yeah. to listen to the reaction uh, podcasts and like and two, from... two Black Girls, One Rose. Um, Rachel Lindsay spoke about this on her podcast yeah. with Van Lathan and also um, the Black Chillerettes. And yeah. like, I, I think obviously we were really disappointed and depressed yeah. to see this. And it sucks and it sucks that this is a thing that kind of keeps happening and also just want to be clear that like his apology isn't ours to accept or reject yeah. and we're gonna like really leave that to black viewers and black commentators yeah yeah and um 
the other thing I wanted to note is that he hasn't yet addressed this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he will, that he has been like tagged in photos, like embracing people wearing MAGA hats, you know? So there uh, is yeah, there's some, a photo from 2016. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we obviously hope for Gabby's sake that Eric has learned a lot and that his views have changed since then. But like, that is something that I don't think we want to um, overlook. Um, It's, it's always really um, troubling to see contestants with kind of these racist actions in their past being, being elevated by the show and put in a position to, to get a huge platform from it. That is just a thing that's hanging over it. Um, I think we have to still just kind of talk about what we what we are seeing. Yeah, we try to do that with Nate. It's 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 always hard <laughs> to do. I was we were we were both really really sad and disheartened to see um, this news, yeah. and we're just yeah we're gonna have to like we did with Nate just try to keep talking about what we see for the purpose of this episode. So Gabby tells her family about Eric. She says he's the only guy left. Grandpa John is like, hey, I know Eric. He's what a great guy. He's very likable. He's, I think he says he's a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the highest praise. Gabby is like, yeah. I told Eric that I loved him. And Grandpa John is like, well, he's a likable guy. <laughs> when someone's a likable guy, you just got to say you're I in love with Grandpa them. John. She brings Eric in to meet them. And he tells them about his hometown and that his parents were obsessed with her. She is to them a person they are obsessed with, as Eric might put it in another moment. He tells them that he loves Gabby. And Gabby is so, like, overwhelmed hearing him say this to her family that she, like, almost cries. Um, It's clear that, like, being sort of claimed publicly, like, to her family is very meaningful. Yeah. And Grandpa John sits with Gabby first and is like, Eric's great. He's a keeper. And he also tells her, you know, your grandma would just be so tickled if she could be here. I wish she could be here and she would give you the same advice. I will. It's got to be 90-90, not 50-50. I loved that. I was like, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I know. I'm like, pro- like Grandpa John just makes <laughs> Marriage me Marriage advice for me. Yeah. Um, she, he also uh, gets pretty emotional and tells her how much he loves her and he says that he has a dingbat beautiful granddaughter (laughs) (laughs) and she's like thank you she's loving all these words of affirmation she's getting today she deserves them and then we get to see gabby's gabby's dad and her um her stepmom i don't know if they're actually married but regardless that's the role that obviously she has in gabby's (laughs) life um and they sit down with eric and He's like, yeah, I was initially intimidated by Gabby. She's so funny. She's so like bantery. Um, she was like, she was I'm making like- fun of some things about me at first that were like kind of insecurities of mine. But anyway, we're great I'm now. Obs- I'm obsessed her. with her. I can't imagine my life without her. <laughs> and her dad says that she told him to that, you know, I could have brought all these other people to meet you guys, but why when I know what I want? And it's good to really see her have certainty. It's a relief for her family. They're like, we don't yeah. need to, like, do the evaluating. We can yeah. just, like, trust. Little scorecards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
her stepmom says, you know, Gabby has really been waiting for someone to show her that she deserves love in a relationship. And we're just It is so, so happy. interesting how her family knows her so well and like the yeah. way that her stepmom is really being like she she has an extra need yeah. to feel very, very chosen in a very overt way. Yeah. Like, please just do that for yeah. her. <laughs> And in his ITM, her dad is like, we all want Gabby to settle down at some point in time. And I was like, okay, buddy. (laughs) My darn adult daughter not settled down yet. Um, Gabby sits with her dad and says that she's sure about Eric because he loves her in a way she's never felt before. And it's hard to believe. She's like, even today, I was like, is he still here? Because it's just so good. You're afraid to lose it. It's so interesting how she does kind of put Eric on this like pedestal and almost yeah. seem to feel like he's she's not someone who deserves him. And I'm like, right. I yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Even before I found out about the other stuff, I was like, I don't know if he's like that much better than you, Cammy. I feel like maybe you would still like be you're the really slightly great. bigger prize. Um, yeah. So she then sits down with her aunt and her aunt. You know, they're weeping together, they're hugging, and she confides in her aunt that it's hard to talk to Eric about her tough relationship with her mom because it might make her seem unlovable. And her aunt is like, you should really talk to him about it because if he's the one, you should let him be the one to know you. That's such a such great advice. It is really beautiful. Also, I was like, you have talked to him about it and like also all of the guys. <laughs> But I can understand that it is still a very sensitive topic and you can see where she is getting the capacity to like keep opening up about something so sensitive because her she has these really supportive people in her life. Yeah. But time to get back to Rachel. Thank God. Let's do more of this. So she is trying to be happy about Tino, but she's so disappointed in Avon. By the way, she and Avon like walked out together and tried to sort of end things. He, he was like, I hate to leave things on a bad note. And she was like, no, it's not a bad note. I understand where you're coming from. It's just, you know, it's hard, but like, it's not a bad note. Don't worry. And they like kiss. And, and then like, she's like, I feel so blindsided by him and betrayed. I don't know who to believe. Everyone's just lying to me. And I was like, okay, so to be clear, you're not on a good note right so now. So it is a bad, note. It's a bad note. I think she was just sort of like, this needs to end. And I know that it's not going to be you. So like, we just have to end this. Yeah. I feel like at the point, it is hard when it's like one of you doesn't want to leave on a bad note. And it's like, well, there's just not a way to resolve this. Right. Actually on a good note. So let's just try to extract superficially have like a decent like reach yeah. a point of calm and then like we're gonna have to yeah. revisit this but it is interesting how she kind of has like learned her lesson from like setting the bar too high with Avon. she goes in and is like okay time for tino i'm in love with him but his family hates me yeah she's like i'm in a bad <laughs> mood but here's tino i guess his family doesn't like me and i'm sure it'll be fine <laughs> they're like okay they're like, uh, <laughs> can't wait to meet this guy uh, so she, <laughs> like, her parents truly are just, she's like, I'm sure they'll come around. And her parents are like, great, we've always wanted our child to marry someone whose parents treat her like garbage. Like, awesome. So happy for you. She goes and gets Tino. <laughs> and he is nervous as well. I will say, I think he is, like, visibly nervous from he's the start. He's really nervous. He's, I think he's extremely nervous, especially because stuff with his family didn't go well. 
And yeah. he feels like he's like operating in a deficit. It's funny to watch like his first conversation with the whole family. He seems so uncomfortable that his body language is weird. He can't, he doesn't really know how to like answer their questions. So Rachel is doing a lot of the talking about the relationship they've had so far. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. But then by the time he starts talking to the family, he seems like he's smiling more and he's more comfortable, but he has not really gotten better at answering the questions. Yeah. He's just like happily not answering questions now. So he talks to Marianne, her mom first. Marianne is like, I got asked tougher questions this time because apparently I didn't really get to the meat of things last time. So she asks him, do you think you have enough in common? And he says, yeah. She's like, Ex- expand? She's like, she's like, I guess technically that was a yes or no question, but I did sort of think you would offer some examples. <laughs> and she's like, you have things to do together. And he's like, I mean, I don't like expect her to like have to go surfing with me. But, Ha-ha. We'll but I'm sure we'll pick up. things up together. And like, meanwhile, Rachel is with her dad being like, I can't wait to go surfing with Tino. Don't worry, sweetie, you're not invited. Like, he doesn't want you to surf with him. <laughs> That's his man time. Um, <sighs> so I truly, I was like, how have you not talked about whether you're going to go surfing together? Like that, those are the fun things to talk about. Like he's like, doesn't seem like they have discussed what they will do together on an ordinary day. They have different ideas of what that will look like. They've discussed like bigger things, right? Really, like their jobs, like a move to Europe. Good. They've discussed yeah. whether she will pick up any of his hobbies they have not discussed which look they probably had a collective like seven hours together they probably spent a lot of it making out chastely um (laughs) so she asks about his family and if they're going to become more understanding she's like it's very important to rachel to have in-laws who love her and tino grins and is like i'm a million percent confident they will because i do so they don't have a choice and she's like okay yeah, I, I did appreciate that Marianne was like, yes, it is the most important thing that, like, you're sure, which I agree. You can't, like, take full – you can't, like, be cowed by your family. But I also appreciate that she was like, look, tough family relationships can really cause problems yeah, down and, the like, line. No one and wants it's really, for their kid to no have one wa- no, parents-in-law who hate them. Like, it sucks. And, like, the only – thing that I think a partner can do in this context and really should do, and Tino still doesn't really know how, is not to just be like, they'll they'll love her, they have to, but to be like, I'm going to be on her team. And like, if my family is an issue, I will never be an issue. I will always be on her side and supporting her and we'll navigate that together. And Tino's just like, I can't even think about what will happen if that comes to pass. They simply have to love her. And like, they don't have to. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Mariana's just like, I, d- I clearly can't like press this any further. So like, okay, I have to trust that he knows. I just trust him and I have to trust happen. Rachel, Yeah, you know, and, and like that is all they can do. Yeah. Big Tony sits with Rachel and asks about Tino's work. Like what kinds of buildings does he work on? Uh, skyscrapers apparently. And he's like, well, can't work remote and those buildings take years to build. Actually, I did learn something about this. Apparently you get hired onto a building at the beginning and then you just stay yeah, I was like, this is actually it's like a, a good, yeah. like, that is a good question, Tony. That is right. actually good. He's like, look, you have these aspirations. Like, are your lives actually compatible yeah. in both of you living your dreams? And this is the part of Tony that I really appreciate, where it's like, 
that is actually a, an, a good and important thing to think yeah. about. Like, what if he's on a building that's going to be five more years building and you want to go work in Europe? He can't, like, sign in from his laptop while he's in Portugal. And right. she's like, well, you know, we talked about that. Like, we don't have to, I don't have to, like, live in Europe right away. And I'm actually excited to, like, live in a beach town with him and yeah. learn how to start <laughs> get into his crazy hobbies and charity work. Which, and like, that's. That is also, that's a fair answer. Yeah. And again, I hope that Tino finds out soon that she expects to do all his hobbies with him because he doesn't want her to come. So Tony. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm being, I'm You're being, being a, a little I'm harsh. being a little harsh. <laughs> Tony is pretty impressed by this. He's like, she's so enthusiastic about Tino. They have talked about these, how these bigger questions would, would work of bouncing their lives. And so he sits down with Tino and he's like, I'm I'm still going to bring the heat. He's like, what happened at Hometowns that changed her mind? And Tino was like, uh, did she change her mind? Like, I hope he's she like, didn't change her mind. <laughs> I'm here. But he's like, you know, what went wrong with your family, basically? And this was so interesting. <laughs> Tino said, I also listened to this a couple times, and I couldn't tell if what he was meaning to say is like, in general, all I talk about with my dad is sports or during our hometown, all I talked to my dad about was well, sports. Well, he didn't say all I talked to my dad about was I, sports. I he tell. says all I talk about with my dad. Well, also, we saw him talk to his dad about other stuff. I know. That's why it didn't make sense. No, but when I re-listened, I heard talked. He's saying like, it, he's saying like, I was also shocked because all I talk about with my dad is sports. So yeah. I like, basically, he's like, I didn't know how he would react how when we were talking he was gonna about react this so other harshly. stuff. Yeah. This no. man doesn't know his own father. This is so deeply toxic, dynamic. Like, by the way, if you are a man with sons and you want to bond over sports, I can tell you from seeing this with my husband and his dad, it is a great place to really get in there and talk about your relationship when you're like at a baseball game together. That's a lot of time you're sitting next to each other if you want to confide about like, any sort of emotional issue that you have going also, on. Like, I do feel for Tino in the sense that like, it would be really jarring if you have a relationship that is sort of devoid of those like more emotional conversations. And then suddenly your parent like on national TV, like goes extremely hard on you and your new girlfriend. Oh yeah. No, it's all, I'm not saying that Tino is responsible for this dynamic. It's just that just it like, concerns me. It, it is concerns concerning. me. Yeah. Um, he says that his parents, if they can just have a regular day with her and go to the beach, they'll love her. You go to like, the beach. You love anyone. Right. I, like, I don't the really beach. think that's a very rosy outlook, Tino, but like... He thought his hometown date would go uh, fine. So like, why does anyone believe what he thinks will happen from this? Meanwhile, his parents are just like shitposting about the his bachelorette. His mom is like the bachelor. The bachelorette is like COVID. It won't go away. I'm like, okay, so things are going to really go badly. Um, he also, they talk about how Rachel wants to travel and Tino says, well, yeah, we talked about this. If she wants to move to another country, I would just ask that we stay there for a couple of years so I can be on a building. Like, he's like, I can't just like good hop around. That it's is, a good answer. It's practical. That's a good answer. Yeah. He's like, my job actually can travel. It's just that like, it can't travel like every two be, months. <laughs> right. It needs to, we need to have some amount of planning and compromise. And it's like, yeah. yes, that is, that is good. That's the one I was like, yes. Good answer. Good answer. Um, and then Tino offers his little speech. 
He says, life is hard, but I want to share that burden with her and be there to experience all the amazingness we bring to each other. I'm going to make your daughter happy forever. Uh, narrator voice. He does not make Tony's daughter happy forever. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> Tony is like, well, I like you. I think that's a fair reaction to have after this conversation and after his conversation yes. with Rachel. I've had my doubts about Tino. His his he really has that like that like dude thing of just like my confidence is willing this into being yes. he's like oh, i will God. make your daughter happy forever in his in the moment tino is like gloating he's like i'm in awe of how well meeting rachel's family went i feel like i'm about to get what i've wanted for weeks he really like this is a <laughs> this is a little quip little quote that has almost like super villain vibes it's like i'm about to get everything i've been planning he knows I, I'm in awe of the power talker. of my own mind. <laughs> Can you believe I just pulled that off? I mean, I, I'm. it sounds, <sighs> I think, more diabolical than I think it probably is. He just manages to always say it in a way that sounds like so off. So off and so like cynical. And like he is like actually talking about how he's going to blow up a building Ugh. and take over the world. But at the end of this, Rachel seems to be like, okay. He got the stamp of approval. He didn't fuck this up super badly. And you can, it, it felt to me as though she was like, okay, well, like, I just have to break up with Avon now. Yeah. She's like, he, I, I, she seems like pleased with how things went with Tino, but like pretty, pretty subdued. Like she does, she's not like emanating I feel like happiness. She's just- completely drained well she's like i know i i need to talk to ava and he's someone i care about she's like he's probably upset and waiting to talk to me and i i have to focus on that now and that's like not a happy prospect at all nor is it a happy prospect for us and so we are going to take a quick break before we get to rachel's conversation with Avon. can you keep up i like Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out. You won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space. And even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer, Talon, has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan, and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we're back. Uh, And uh, Jesse is telling us in studio about all the different teams people are on. Jesse, just stop. He's like, summer team Rachel, summer team. I I was like, this is my Jon Stewart on Crossfire moment. I was like, you're hurting America. Can you just stop? (laughs) Us and them. It's not helping anyone. Oh. So, But it is time for <laughs> Rachel's last chance date with Avon, which apparently the last chance dates for these women don't involve any joy. No. They are simply nighttime, little emotionally traumatic conversations in tiny rooms. Like, I can, I, l- listen, I can date by sitting on couches with a glass of wine and having traumatic conversations anywhere. That's not why I go on The Bachelor. Exactly. I go on The Bachelor so that I can go ziplining Sean and then Lowe sit on a Catherine couch. were like out here riding elephants right. in Thailand. And Rachel and Gabby, it's like, sit on that couch and weep, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's what you deserve. <gasps> So Rachel is in her strapless navy jumpsuit, very anxious. She's like, I need to to talk to Avon about whether we are completely on the same page. She knocks on his door. He invites her in. He's like, would you like a glass of champagne before she's we like, get into no. it? And she's like, no, thank you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, this is not going to go well. He tells her that the last couple of days were really hard and that he's deeply sorry for how he made her feel. He never wants to be the reason she cries. It really crushed him. And uh, it's just, I just feel for Avon. It is really hard. And I think that one thing that like guys who are really trying to be good to the people they date is that it's really, it is kind of beaten into to be like, don't make her cry. Like, don't be the guy who makes her cry. But sometimes she is just going to cry because you want different things and like you just have to let that happen and it's so hard to find yourself in that position when you're just trying to be a good guy 
But like that's really... fucking life, man. Sometimes she's gonna <sighs> be really sad, and it's not because you did anything wrong. I know. I just, I, I just felt really. I felt really bad. I felt Raven. so bad for Raven. He's like, been like he's waiting for really, this moment. To, and he's saying and, reasonable things. You know, yeah. he's like, I want more time with you. I want us to like visit each other and like in a real way and see where we live and spend time together. I want to do life with you out outside of this. Do life with you. Sorry. And like that's it just goes back to what we were discussing earlier. It's like that is a reasonable position. And it also yeah. makes sense why. That might not feel like enough for Rachel. Yeah. I, I, He's like, I want us to be fully in love with each other when we get engaged so we can go right into marriage and have two or four kids. And I'm like, in this economy, Avon, you'll be having two kids. And- I also think that what we see here is that Avon is like, this is a chance to get her to understand me. And Rachel has kind of already decided yeah. that it needs to end. And like, that Rachel is actually worse. he has prepared like another don't you understand why I want to wait to get engaged speech and she has prepared another don't you see how hard it was for me to be blindsided in front of my family speech it, this is like this was rough for me like this is I am critical of Rachel's response to this a little bit like because she does I get why she falls back on like I need you to know how hard it was for me to like walk into my family and say this thing but it's like she did already express that. Yeah, to him. I think he knows. And he's now also in the position of less power. And like yeah. you, you are it's pretty clear that you have come there to end this relationship. So like I don't know that right. that's the ground the best ground to retread. Yeah. Like it you is. could just say, like, I get where you're coming from, but that's not which is sort of where they eventually come to. But like that's not what I want. Yeah. And like it made me realize that we're not on the same page and like there's something missing with us. Yeah, I think that having, after what Rachel just went through with Clayton, I think that she is kind of leaning on the fact that she has a little more control over the process to actually, like, say her piece whenever she wants to say it. And it's like, sometimes you just can't, though. Sometimes you, because you have that power, you shouldn't. And that's, right. I think that she isn't quite ready to to accept that she needs to regulate a little bit better and and yeah. not keep expressing feelings that he already knows and accepts she's having. It's and like, also accept that like he's he's the one in this who's going to now be hurt. Like right. And you are the one that needs to deliver that like final blow to the relationship and like that's how a breakup yeah works. I just think that, like, what what keeps, like, sticking in my craw a little bit is that, like, so often the bachelorettes do end up in this position where they have to be the one who's in control and the one who has the power and who has to be responsible. But also they are getting hurt and they are getting rejected. And I think that bachelors are more typically just, like, sending people off and bachelorettes are often technically ending the relationship, but because they have already had something kind of withheld from that like there is a different power dynamic because yeah. there is that the, conte- the male contestants ability to be like i'm just not going to offer the proposal that you want that doesn't really well, right. exist every bachelorette in the reverse. starts at a deficit because yeah. we have as a culture decided that like commitment engagement being the standing for commitment in the show is a thing that women wait to be given and it's not yeah. a thing that they can assert and it's or kind take of- Right. It's valueless if they try to take it. It's only right. worthy, 
it's only worth anything if it's given to them. And, and that's not the fault of like Rachel or Avon as individuals. That's actually the that's no. the culture. And that's those are cultural norms that I think this show very stringently reinforces. Yeah, I I agree. I also think that um I was a little frustrated with Avon when he kept being like, I'm sure we can get there. And I'm like, so proposed to her. Like, if you're sure that it's her, just do the fucking format. Like, don't don't withhold this. Because Let's it's just uh, all agree that engagement is meaningless. We all know you it's dumb. <laughs> you take the free ring. You make her feel <laughs> chosen at the end. Just like do it. I just I do get frustrated as human as a reaction. It is. I get frustrated with how often now guys will come to the end and then be like, I'm not going to propose to you, though. Mm-mm-mm. I'm not going to give you that. And I'm like, oh, just like just like do it. Like you came on this show that ends with a proposal. And just like, just like fucking do it. <laughs> that like sounds really awful. I'm this the, I'm the so Rachel. Toxic. It's, it's so toxic. But it's like inhumane yeah. to everyone. I think that partly what we're seeing is that men are increasingly rewarded instead of penalized by the fandom and the show for refusing to propose at the end. And so it starts to feel a little, I don't know a little annoying that women are constantly just begging for it. And the men are like, I'm going to say no. And everyone is going to agree with me and I will win. Um, so they try to talk it through. Rachel is just like crying and being like, I'm, I felt so blindsided by you. How do you think that felt for me? Avon is like, I, you think I don't want this anymore, but that's 1000% not the case. I'm fighting for this. I'm just I'm, like, they're not on like, the same page here. He, and this is where he, Rachel... He, 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 I wanted to point out one thing that he said to her specifically that was, I think, really set things off with Rachel, which is, I know that I might have been a little bit yes. caught up in, in it with you. And Rachel rolls her eyes and is like, what do you mean you are caught up in it? Like, that is such like a triggering thing to say. And like... It's like uh, both true and triggering. Like, the truth is they're all caught up in this. Right. But like, like of course she's not going to want to hear that. She's like, so you no, implied, you said to me that you would propose, and what you're telling me now is you were just caught you up. Change your mind. Yeah, yeah. It that sounds, wasn't real. That wasn't real. That was never real. Oh, and then he's like, he's so desperately trying to like express himself in a way that he feels gets across what he feels, and I don't think he's like able to do it. He's like, no, no, like not in a bad way. Like I just, uh, but it like is inherently it, a bad way. Like what do you mean? Like she doesn't want you to be like. When I said I wanted to get engaged to you, I was just caught up in something. But he, but here's the thing. And she ultimately says this to him. And I kind of think she should have just led with this. She says, I feel like from the beginning, I've seen this life with you outside of this. And I feel like if there was this was any other situation, that it would be me and you. But I'm just not willing to sacrifice that. I need someone who's sure about me and you're not. Like, just – like, that is the crux of yeah. the thing. And just say that. It was unnecessary to try to extract other emotion right. or, like, sympathy beforehand. Or, like, berate. Yeah. 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 Like, and that wasn't necessary, and that didn't do her any favors. And he's like, well, I am sure. And I'm like, well, then propose. He's <laughs> like, like, I am he's sure. Not, he's, not, he's not sure in the way that she needs him to be. And, like, yeah. that's. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's actually okay for him. She's like, to not I, sure. I want to give you what you need. And she's like, you can't, though, because and what again, she wants is for him crux. to want to propose. And he doesn't. And so, he doesn't. like, it's so it's the end. 
Yeah. And he says, I'm never going to get, she's like, it's over. And he says, I'm never going to get over this. And I'm, I'm like, I don't believe you. I think you're going to be okay, but I'm sure both going to get over. I think this is a really rough time and you're, you're both going to be okay. He like, I can't quite tell what's going on with him emotionally. He is like rubbing his eyes a lot, but he's not crying. He's like pretty composed still. But I think he just feels like a failure and he's like resigned, but he's like a little dead end. Rachel is just sobbing hysterically. And like, I think she's just so drained. And it is this weird thing where like, she's like, I'm sorry. I just feel like my heart is breaking right now. I'm sorry. And I feel like, again, it's a moment that feels like she's trying to, it plays like she's trying to extract something more from him. When I wonder if what, she's trying to communicate is that like she's sorry for hurting him but she doesn't say that i don't it just felt like a, yeah. another little it's a unclear little to miss. me whether she's apologizing for being such a mess right. or whether she's apologizing for hurting him or both i think it's i don't it's, know it's just she's saying like i'm sorry like as if to convey like i know i'm not really doing this quite right but she, and I think she actually handles yeah. this very gracefully. You know, he's like, I want you to be happy. And he says, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry I couldn't give you what you want. Yeah. And his uh, in the moment after she leaves. So she leaves, by the way. They, like, hug. She's totally, like, glazed with tears. But then she's they smiling. Hug, and then she, like, <laughs> smiles at him. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm like, is she trying to do the, like, plaster on a smile or is she just feeling kind of the relief which I think the person who breaks up with someone often feels yeah like that's supposed to be the hardest part right like you get through that last breakup and then you like get to rest yeah yeah I I really couldn't tell whether she was just relieved or whether she is trying to like put on a stronger face because she's just been like sobbing hysterically all over him. It's unclear. Uh, Yeah. Uh, They're not like really matching each other emotionally in a weird way. Like he's the one getting dumped and who is more hurt, but she is much more emotional. And then he's downcast and she's smiling. I was like, (laughs) I hate this. I just like hate all of it in his ITM. This made me sad. He's like, I failed. And like, yeah, that bummed me out. He said, you know, I know I have no idea where I'm going from here. I didn't think I was going to be leaving without Rachel. I saw a life with her. And mm-hmm. I will always think if I did something different, things would have been different. Oh, even. So and that sucks. She's walks off like still hyperventilating. She says, I did see it being us at the end. Then there is a fucking disingenuous clip played they they use the i'm having too many i'm having too many of these moments we've heard her say that no joke at least three times yeah like this is not same clip this was not from this moment i'm so i feel pretty irritated like we're not okay well yeah (sighs) back on stage rachel looks like her soul has actually just like increasingly left her body she looks i don't know like she took a beta blocker or something which i frankly wouldn't blame her and she looks like she's being held together with like full coverage concealer yeah. and a sedative at this point. Yeah, it's exactly. Just clinging to her her poker face, dead behind the eyes. She's just like trying to di- 
disconnect, which yeah. I understand. Uh, Jesse's like, just keeps me like, so how hard was that? It's very hard for you, right? Yeah. Like, yep. And then she, yep. then he's like, Gabby, how did you feel seeing Rachel so sad? And Gabby's, and Gabby's like, like, it's yeah, hard to see. It's hard. My heart hurts when her heart hurts. But okay, it's time. It's time for Avon and Rachel to face each other. He, I just want to point out, has some really great pearls underneath his unbuttoned collar. Nate Everyone's and doing it. Avon have really brought back pearls for men, and I love it. Everyone is wearing pearls now. All the all the hot boys. I'm here for it. I love he, it. He and Rachel embrace. Again, this is a conversation that felt like it could have gone sideways, but everyone came prepared to say sorry and to be like, we just weren't ready. a fit. I was so, so relieved. Yeah. He's just like, look, I'm really sorry for hurting you and blindsiding you. I feel like I let you down. And like, Jesse's like, is there anything Avon could have done to salvage things? And Rachel, again, takes that kind of conciliatory tack. She's like, nothing went wrong between us. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. He knew what was right for him. He was being honest. And like, I respect that. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Avon says, I also didn't really fully understand what you needed or wanted. And like, that's on me. I think it's probably on both of them. Yeah. <laughs> including very much including Rachel. But he also says that, you know, he didn't give up right away. He wanted to keep moving forward after meeting her family. But ultimately, he just wasn't where she wanted to be. And Rachel's like, yeah, you know, I thought we were on the same page. So it was hard, but he doesn't have to apologize. Like, I understand that. Yeah, was she's felt. like, I understand you were being honest. Like, don't don't feel like you have to apologize. Jesse is just again, it feels like he's just like, we got to keep going on <laughs> yeah. this segment. And I'm like, I don't know. Seems like they've said their piece. But yeah, he's like, so <laughs> what changed for you after Fantasy Suites? And I still don't really understand what happened here, except that he didn't really understand the conversation that he and Rachel were having in fantasy suites, maybe. Yeah. The only <laughs> new part of information we really get in this exchange is that, you know, he does acknowledge that, like, the fact that he didn't have a read on where, how he kind of measured up with Tino, like, was also playing a role in this. Yeah. Which I, makes a lot of fair. sense. Yeah. Completely fair. Jesse's I like, did her that... friends sabotage your relationship? This and he's so like, bizarre. No. He's like, I mean, no. Like, what? Like, you just want me to fight? He's, Jesse's like, fight with someone. Can yeah. someone be just rude to someone on this stage? And they're all, I'm glad that none of them kind of, like, took that bait. These and segments they are just were like, just... No. I understand why they love doing the live reactions, but it just ends up taking a lot longer and breaking up the flow of the finale for these segments that it. are essentially content free, that are just like everyone making nice. I literally, and I don't want to see them fighting either. Like, I don't want to see them fighting either. I don't want either. these segments to exist. Have I, a conversation after it's all said and done. I want to like, go, I, I want to just this. do the after the final rose the way it used to be. This is draining to watch it's draining for the leads like rachel truly looks like she's only there because she will get and rachel Lindsay has spoken about this a lot like how what kind of torture it was to kind of watch this and like yeah. have everyone watching her while watching this yeah and then to have the host constantly being like twitter is on fire right now because they hate they rachel hate cut to rachel looking like she wants to jump into the ocean yeah, she's so, like, can someone bring me another Xanax? <laughs> like, I, I need to dissociate. How many is too many Xanax yeah. to take at once? So um, after their conversation, they end things on really good. They didn't really part on bad terms, but they end the conversation on stage even more from a place of distance, able to be like, 
we just weren't in the same place at the same time. And that was really hard, but we wish each other yeah, the best. Yeah. And I like that Rachel was like, look, it's actually just really good to see you and really good to have a conversation with you. And he's like, yeah, it's really nice to see you too. Like it's, yeah. it's a sweet interaction. At this point, Jesse is like, we have gone over the two-hour mark, but we will soldier on because this is so important. And I was like, are they going to, like, address racism? And then he's and- like, no, we have another emotionally depressing <laughs> no. conversation we must show you. Even worse than that, he's like, we got special permission from ABC to continue into family feud time. And then he immediately uses these precious moments to be like, Rachel and Gabby, how does yeah. it feel to rewatch and react to these painful dates like, live on air? Jesse, They're like, it's we hard. Did we need to do that? He's like, already that asked them that like 15 times. Like you're we're stealing time from Family Feud right now for this. Oh, God. <sighs> but it is time for Eric's final date with Gabby, which again, it's them sitting on the couch and um, weeping or yeah. moving to the porch to weep. She's yeah. looking great as always. It's like a peach and white halter jumpsuit or halter was, top, and top and pants. They just pants. seemed really seamlessly connected. <laughs> I was unclear. Um, so she sits on Eric's couch in his suite. She's like ready to just be wrapped up in his arms. He makes her feel so safe and seen. But she's a little worried that he won't want to propose and that that will make her feel like she's not enough I'm just again. like, it really, that really, it really feels to me like production is drilling it in on both sides, like the men and the women. Like, you should be worried. There's still a hurdle left. Like, yeah. they might like, not want to. How would like, you feel if he would want to propose? How would you feel if he didn't? Would like, that make just, you feel like you're not enough? Probably. That would make sense. <sighs> so they sit on the couch. They cuddle. They reflect on what a long, wild journey it's been. And fondly reminisce about the course of their relationship. And then it's a very subtle moment what happens, but Eric says that he loves her and he doesn't want to rush anything or put any pressure on them that would be unnatural to them. And it sounds very like not a big thing that he's saying, but Gabby pauses and her cheek like visibly twitches. Like she's almost like, how should I react to this? All literally on the verge of a mental and emotional breakdown at all times by the end of this, by the end of the process. And I mean the women and also the contestants, like no one is doing okay. Yeah. And Eric like can tell that something has changed, but he like, doesn't really know what he like kisses her. He's like, I'm telling you how much I love you. And she's like, kind of, not pulling away exactly, but she's clearly just like the wheels are turning. Like, how am I going to address this? Because I do want him to propose. And it sounds like he is saying that he doesn't want to propose. He's like, I don't want pressure on us to do something that would be unnatural. Like proposing right now, for example, like what else could he be talking about? So they step out onto the balcony, seemingly to have like a private conversation. Obviously it's all still on camera. But maybe it makes them feel a little bit more private with the cameras just like peering in from the window instead of like set up all right in front of them on the couch. And she's like clearly not wanting to pressure him. So they keep sort of talking around it in this way where she doesn't want to do the Rachel thing. I'm just being like, I'm not leaving here, not engaged. I want an engagement. She's like, I obviously want to leave with you. I see a life with you, but I'm not the one proposing so like she's very conscious that she doesn't want to pressure him into anything but also that she wants to know he's really in it and I I do think that this is probably where like Gabby and Rachel are essentially articulating the same basic feeling but Gabby is I think understands how to handle that more delicately 
Yeah. And I think also that it is, it is really hard what, what, what's going on right now. But I think that for Gabby having this happen in sort of a setting where she knew this would be a conversation gives her a little bit more preparation to have this conversation. I don't think that Rachel was expecting it to come up when she was introducing Ava to her family. And yeah, so Gabby is very delicately trying to be like, I'm not pressuring you, but like, are you going to propose? And he's like, I know that engagement is a big deal. I wish I like knew better that this is like 100%. I've been here before. I know how to handle this, but I just don't know. And Gabby is like, yeah, but like, I just really, I don't know. I'm not the one proposing. So it's like, it's, you know, and he's like, look, I really want us to work. I think the odds are all against us, which is definitely true, but like a weird thing to say in this moment, because like the the conceit of being is that the odds are not against them right it's right. like you're but the final guy you're together we know that, it's like, really the hard whole thing is that like the show is working against your right success. right exactly a little breaking of the he's fourth like wall. saying the quiet part <laughs> yeah. out loud and um, he's like i just want to date you in the real world date you usually getting engaged first is not how it goes and she's just like deflated. Yeah. she's like i mean yeah but again what she doesn't say is like we're in we're in this fake world just like fucking do it yeah just let me know that you you are like in this like so just like do the stupid three thing. days ago you were crying and being like i can't believe that the woman i love is with another man right now and now you're like i don't know let's just like date like what the fuck man i thought you were supposed to be the one who like was so in this Ugh, made me again, feel so secure it's like i i get it and i do it does really feel like production is like if you're yeah. not 100% sure that this is the person that you will 100% be with for the rest of your life, don't get engaged. You need to talk to her about your, like, reservations. You need to be so honest. I like, also it, really I don't know. felt – it's hard to say – from everything that she says could be read, honestly, two ways. And that makes me really curious what exactly production's role is here because everything she says could either be – I want the pressure for a proposal at the end to go away because he said he's not ready and you guys need yeah. to back off. Or yes. it could be read as, I don't want to force him, but it's really frustrating important and hard that he doesn't want to do this thing that's important to me. She never yes. specifically says anything that would make it not simply a production thing. Like she is saying like, I, I don't want to force him is- into a decision. I don't want anyone to be forced. I'm just so sick of this. He's not I, ready. He just told me. So what am I supposed to do? Walk away because he isn't ready to propose. I actually thought in this moment that production was basically telling her, like, is that okay? Like, trying to force her into yeah. a fight with him. And instead, she's kind of getting in a fight with production. And they are twisting it. Spinning it a little bit. Yeah. Like, I actually think she, when she says, I'm sick of this, I don't want to be here anymore. She means I'm sick of all of this bullshit. Yeah. Like, you've now put me in a position. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. You put me in a position to have this conversation, to be like, look like I've been rejected. And now what do you want me to do? Just like walk away from this person that I said I want to be with? Like, that's ridiculous. Right. It is really interesting. I I think I was like, maybe not picking up on that as much the first time around. And now that I'm reading it back, I'm like, she never really says anything that is incompatible with it just being completely 
a backlash against production for pressuring them to do a proposal day. Yeah, the more I think about it in this moment, the more I think that that's maybe what it was. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that she is definitely... I think she wants him to propose yeah. just because she wants... The same way that she was like, I just want Jason to like just do this fucking thing and then like let us get through it. She's sort of like, I know what I'm in. Right. So let's just get through it and then be done. And let me be chosen. Let me have some security at the end of this crazy process. And then let's get into the real shit. But like we like I I'm exhausted of being in this world. Yeah, it's I'm like changing my mind about this as we talk about it. Yeah, I think maybe so she is in a different place from Rachel. And that, yeah, I actually wow, I just I just changed my own mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm interested to see what happens next week because I think it might give us more clarity on exactly yeah. what's happening. But it does really read as production has thrown a huge new obstacle in their path, and she's really frustrated that yeah. that they are being pressured and that. That that is going to end up with either her walking away in order to not look like she's been kind of just like taking whatever scraps he gives her or with him proposing when he's said he doesn't want to. Or him not proposing and her still looking rejected and bad like she's i think she's well exactly if she stays with him she's if she stays with him she's going to look like she's taking whatever scraps he gives yeah that's what i mean like yeah or she's like or i can walk away but i don't want to and in her itm she's just like i want to be with eric forever so yeah like i want him to propose so here we are big fat dumpster fire big fucking mess yeah it's really rough i (sighs) back in the studio (sighs) jesse's like wow Back in my day, it wasn't this dramatic. And I'm like, honestly, it it, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> like, once you got to the end, it used to kind of be like, okay, someone's just waiting to be rejected and everyone's kind of like, it yeah. is what it is. And then the other person gets a proposal and it's great. Um, I mean, or it's Rachel- not great, but who cares? Yeah, no one cares. Like, ugh, Rachel and Gabby are like smiling weakly. They're like, yeah, nice to be you. Rachel that, has fully Rachel. I think I described her to like five people last night. I was like, she looks vacant. Yeah, it truly is that she does very much look like she is trying to like be somewhere else mentally because this is so hard. Which yeah. is why like, I, I, Gabby do feel seems like less. She, I think, yeah, upset. She doesn't go through it. It made in me the way well, that it also Rachel just does. made me feel from the sneak peek we see, which is the end of the episode. It looks like. Rachel and Tino, things are going to really go south. And from the haircut, which was quite different, he has much longer hair in the fight scene than he does in Mexico. It's pretty clear to me that this is happening after the fact. And so, like, I was reading Rachel's sort of vacant, deadened eyes as, like, this is a woman who's, like, knows she's going to be deeply criticized and also, like, it was all for nothing. Is also is alone right yeah. now and is like in the throes of like post breakup depression. Yeah, it was hard for me to see the state that she was. I mean, she looked beautiful and she was like really keeping it all together, but like the, the clear the emotional state she was in. And it's not I good. think we tried to be even handed in this episode and critical of where she thinks she mishandled things, but like. It was well, hard like punishment- for me to see people piling on yeah. her because the punishment is so great. I think it's clear from what she said in the studio that she sees that she made mistakes and that she 
didn't want to hurt these guys and that she is prepared to like make amends with them. And she's just going to go through such hell. And I'm like, I truly think that comparatively Zach and Avon are pretty fine and are going to come out of this well. So like I probably one of them will be I'm more worried about her. Like I feel like she's going through it. And that's not to say that like and there all aren't just fair people. criticisms of sure. her, but they are all just people. I want them all to be fine. And like, I mean, honestly, I felt the same way about Clayton. I was like, yeah. I can't, when I thought he was going to end up alone, I'm like, that is so hard to go through this alone. And it was such a relief to me, even though I did have criticisms of Clayton, that he was with Susie and that he had a partner to kind of like bolster him in this. And if Rachel doesn't have that at all, like that is that is doubly hard and I can see why she looks so fucking depleted. Like, yeah, you would just almost feel like, why did I even bother? Like, and she said from the beginning, I didn't think I was, should have been bachelorette. I don't think I deserved it. And so yeah, I do. And now everyone is like, have, we don't think you should you have either. Yeah. And so really- I do just feel that extra amount of empathy for her, even if, I also have like criticisms of the and way I, she handled things. Yeah. And I think people, you know, I have criticisms, but I don't think that I don't think there was much understanding for her. And I think a lot of yeah. her decisions and actions, while imperfect, make a lot of sense and are arising partly from the power imbalance that women face on this show. And I just hope that people culture. show her a little bit less vitriol. I uh, I yeah, just hate how every season has to end with someone being like completely destroyed by right. the fan base. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm <sighs> so tired. I I'm so tired. And on that note, we do have to do love to see it, hate to see it. Yeah. First, let's start with the good stuff, the love to see it. I love to see Gabby dressing like a Dancing with the Stars mirror ball. I love that branding consistency yeah. for her. She was so And I sparkling. hope she wins Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Me too. I have faith in her. I love to see how supportive they were being. I guess mostly Rachel was being supported by Gabby, but... Um, so much uh, quiet support being shown between them during yeah. this very painful time on stage. I, I also loved, honestly, seeing Rachel and Zach and also Rachel and Avon just like sweetly making peace on AFR instead of trying to go at each other. These are just the relatable people pleasers that that I want to see on my TV because that's yeah. how I would be too. I feel like they are reacting to this like this was like a normal old school breakup where it was rough as it played out on screen, but they're, they've all, they, they have fondness yeah. for each other and they've moved on, but the fan base is reacting like it's something way more, more abnormal and nefarious. Uh, I love to see Grandpa John and Aunt Julie and also Gabby's dad and his yeah. partner, just an emotionally healthy family there to support Gabby and make her feel loved. Yeah, and although we've gone over our criticisms of Big Tony, I did really love to see him advocating for his daughter's right to have adventures and to commit to her career fully with a partner who who not just will tolerate those passions, but will support them and uplift them. Yeah, love to see Avon and Pearls. Just men and pearls. A man it's hot. with an open shirt collar and some pearls peeking out. Yeah. Into it. And now for hate to see it. I've, Long list. But I we just, just got to power through these. 
hate to see two weeks of live shows. Daddy Jesse, why would you do this to us? Rachel is going to be in therapy for the rest of her life because of these Thank two God weeks. she already has a therapist. Ugh. Ugh. I also hated to see like Rachel's kind of inability to meet Zach with the emotional residence that maybe he would have wanted or deserved during their breakup. It was a tough situation for everyone, but like, that sucked. Yeah, it's always hard when a lead can't go off book when they really need to go off book. Yeah. That's hard. Hated to see, sorry, Zach, future Mrs. Shellcross again. Again. Like, you don't Stop get to it. just rename women that you think are hot, man. Like, calm down. <laughs> Is that a fair summary of what he's doing? Maybe not. (laughs) Also hated to see Jesse trying so fucking hard to make everyone on stage fight. Like, certainly Rachel and Zach and also, like, Avon and Rachel's friends. Like, I was like, we just, just move on, man. (laughs) I hated to see Big Tony's intense patriarchal energy just popping its head out here and there. It's like, no one's going to be taking her away from me without a fight. Like... She's what is this? Man. What is this? Is this caveman times? Do you have to literally slay the father to achieve the maiden? It's not how it works these days. Zooming out, I really hate to see this show and ultimately the culture's just absolute batshit obsession with proposal equating to a woman's worth. I hate it. The show plays into it. I like wish we could all just figure out a way yeah. to, to loosen our grip on that. And I hate that when, as the culture is evolving towards not feeling that way, that it just gets th- turned into a cudgel against the women who still want what they want out of their relationship. It, it doesn't and become what, what a cudgel been, against the what show. They've been told, what they've been told. Right. To it it yeah. doesn't become a backlash against the show format so much as it becomes a backlash against these individual women who are allowed to have their own boundaries and expectations around relationships. And I, I hate to see how this like idea of like feminism immediately gets turned into a way to just like bludgeon women who don't immediately want what they're supposed to want. Yeah. Also hated to see Avon and Rachel's just like brutal, cringeworthy breakup in which I wanted to crawl out of my own skin multiple times. Um, Yeah. Hated it. Yeah. I hated to see Rachel on stage for that whole show looking just so numb and pained and like she's just clinging to composure by her fingernails. Especially when Jesse showed a sneak peek of what's coming, which looks really rough for her. And I'm, I mean, I, I want to go on vacation next week and then you can just like recap the show with someone else and tell me what happens. (laughs) I can't. Don't do that to me, Claire. (laughs) And now it's time for our BFF energy rating out of 10 friendship bracelets. Although the BFF energy wasn't joyful this week, I do actually think it was pretty high. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5. They were doing these like little hand grabs. I saw Rachel like silently mouthing to Gabby, like, I love you. And like, yeah, I just feel like only a real friend gives you that extra bit of strength during a difficult time. Yeah, maybe they aren't the like branded hashtag BFFs, but these are two women 
who have an affinity and a fondness and a care for each other. And they have both been through a really like weird and traumatic experience. Yeah. Also, like, what is a best friend? You know, like, were they best friends when they started? Probably not. But I will say you and I were not best friends when we started this podcast. It's and true. Sometimes going through this hellish experience together can really bond really you bond with you. your partner. <laughs> it's really, that is such a good point. <laughs> And on that note, that is it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread the word and tell all your friends about our show. It really helps new people find Love to See It. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter and other podcast rich text on Substack at clarendemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We will be back next week for the final finale and the After the Final Rose special. Stitcher. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it.